Drive Time 91.3. Always on the cutting edge. What's it, the Cape Drive? Time it is. Hopefully, you didn't get too wet. I'm Shafiq Morton. Salaam alaikum. Coming up police corruption putting us at risk. Weekly Africa report. Amnesty International urges SAPs to behave. And after five, Joe Biden faces new calls to close Guantanamo Bay eight years after, in fact, 12 years after President Obama promised to do so. We've got Sports Rap and Eshcom. Stay tuned. Drive time 91.3. Always on the cutting edge. Drive time it is, uh, 0829-913-913 is uh, the WhatsApp line. And you can query, comment, stroke and or criticize. The Sheikh has left the building. Police corruption and criminality is putting us South Africans at greater risk. And if the latest crime stats issued by the police are anything to go by, then it should be clear to most of us that the chaotic police and crime intelligence community is not fulfilling its mandate of addressing addressing crime. That is the opinion of Professor Theodore Petrus of the Department of Anthropology at the University of Free State. Professor uh, Petrus, welcome. Good afternoon, Shafiq, and good afternoon to the listeners. Thanks for having me. Pleasure. It certainly is an incredibly messy Landscape. I just started taking some notes when I, I read your article. Assassination of Charles Kinner, the firing of Anwar Dramat, the Lieutenant General Peter Jacobs saga, Andrew Lincoln and uh, Commissioner Sitoli, just for starters. It really doesn't read very nicely, does it? Not at all. If we look at what's been happening just over the last few months from the end of last year, to where we are now, then we see that there have been several high-profile incidences that have taken place involving uh, the most senior members of the SAPS and and crime intelligence. We've mentioned the example of uh, Lieutenant General Peter Jacobs, which is the most recent recent debacle. And then we also can look at the firing of the former Deputy National Police Commissioner, who was also uh, allegedly involved in a slew of um, criminal activities ranging from uh, corruption, fraud, uh, money laundering, etc. So it doesn't really create a lot of confidence, I think, amongst the South African public in the uh, the police service as things are currently. And that is why I think many South Africans are justifiably concerned at what is happening currently in the most senior leadership of the police service. It's pretty much of a circus, if you think of it. Um, the current commissioner is uh, trying to fire Lieutenant General Peter Jacobs, um, uh, yet he himself is facing a slew of uh, charges in court. It's an absolute circus. Exactly. And you see, the problem is that when you have your leadership that is mired in this, this kind of controversy, I believe it does have a, a filtering or trickling down effect into the the lower levels of the of the police management and even 
right down to the most basic level of uh, individual police stations and police branches. I mean, if we even go back and look at, at media reports, there have been so many instances that have been reported in the media of ordinary police officials that have been investigated for being implicated in corrupt or criminal activities. Now, can one blame them when the senior leadership of the police are themselves implicated in corrupt and criminal activities? So it's the old story of leading by example. So how can we expect our ordinary police officers um, who are working the streets on a daily basis, and yeah, I also include the ones that are doing their level best, that are trying to behave like police officers. Um, how can we blame them and expect them to be able to give 100% every day doing the, the hard yards when their own police leadership are themselves involved in criminal activities that have been exposed? For, for for all intents and purposes in the media and elsewhere, and I think that is the the difficulty that that a lot of police officers are having to deal with at the moment, where because of what those that are in senior positions are doing, in leadership positions in the police service are doing or are involved in or have been implicated in, that is having a negative impact on the police at grassroots level. And I think that is a big challenge for, for our police officers who are trying to do a very difficult job, but um, in a very difficult or under very difficult circumstances, given the problems in the senior police leadership. Yeah, very true, because as soon as a senior police officer who is clean, and I agree with you. We have to hasten to add here that we are we are talking, trying to talk on behalf of those who want to do a real job. That uh, if you get too close to the fire, or to be even more blunt, too close to the money, it's pretty sure that your head is going to fly. I mean, Anwar Dramat, I think, is the most uh, dramatic example of that. Um, when you asked for the dossier on Zuma, he was shown the door. Now, and you see, this is precisely why I say that it looks like there is an emerging culture of corruption and criminality mm. that is that is brewing in the in the police service. And from an anthropological perspective, we we understand culture in the sense of a, a an, an accepted way of behaving that is shared by members of a particular group, be it an organisation or an institution like we have in the SAPS, which is based on certain attitudes uh, and beliefs about how things are supposed to be done and what is regarded as acceptable as opposed to unacceptable behavior. And you've hit the nail on the head. What this does now is that if we, if we accept that there is this emerging culture of, of, of criminality and corruption, it then suggests that there is an underlying attitude uh, or value system that is informing people's perceptions that to engage in criminality or corruption as a police officer or police official is acceptable. And the more people in the police service who, who adopt that particular value system or, or attitude will then become part and parcel of this growing culture of criminality and corruption. And obviously those that are opposed to it, those that, that do not accept this, will then become the enemy, the target. 
as we've seen happening uh, in, in various examples, and the Anwar Dramat example is the one that you mentioned. But it appears to be that even now, the most recent case of Lieutenant um, Jacobs seems to be a similar kind of uh, situation. The other example that I can also think of is the example of um, Lieutenant Charles Kinnear, yes, mm. who was investigating corruption among senior police officials in the Central Firearms Registry. And, and now there we also see a further complicating factor, um, which, which is also lending further credence to this idea of, of an emerging culture of corruption at the most senior levels, where you now have the problem of senior police officials that are in league with gangsters, gang members. And that this is now where you have the underworld also starting to have a direct influence on the corruption and criminality that is going on within the, the most senior levels of the police. We add another dimension to it, and that is the dimension of senior politicians, mm-hmm. government officials, that are also using their authority, abusing their authority by influencing senior police officials in terms of who they may investigate, who they can't investigate. And if they are investigating certain high-level, high-profile people, then suddenly you find um, evidence going missing or certain people now having their careers stonewalled because of the fact that they are investigating certain people who we are meant to believe are untouchable. And the minute you create this kind of scenario in the minds of the South African public where there are certain of us who are untouchable, and this then also includes people in senior police uh, police leadership positions who think themselves untouchable, that they are above the law, that they are that they are not subject to the same laws and investigations as we, the ordinary citizens, are subjected to. We've got a serious problem because I don't see how that kind of scenario can really help the police in effectively addressing crime at the highest level in the country. In fact, uh, uh, Professor, as you were talking, um, you know, you mentioned government officials. Another example is Malusi Gigaba getting the hawks to arrest his wife on a very spurious charge and uh, right. his wife complaining now that uh, her pictures of the Guptas were, were wiped out from her laptop and her tablet and her phone. Just using that again as an, as an anecdotal example of power gone crazy. Right. So the problem that we have here is the manipulation and abuse of state structures and resources to fulfill specific agendas and interests. And now if we look at it in the context of the police service, the question that we need to ask, and it requires very serious consideration, is who exactly are the police there to serve? Are they there to serve the public? Are they there to protect and serve the citizens of the country? Or are they there to be used as toys, as, as, as an instrument to serve the whims and interests of the elite and the connected, those in power? Absolutely. I think everybody agrees with that. Um, looking at it from hopefully from an anthropological viewpoint, which is obviously your speciality, would you agree that uh, transformation is an issue 
in, in SAPs, in the police. And I'm going to argue it's not necessarily racial, but as you've already said, one of attitude, and I would also say one of systems. And the reason I say this is that the South African police services at one stage were one, one of the most backward police services in the world due to the fact that nothing was digitalized. And they're still struggling to enter the digital age. I mean, they can't even process um, forensic evidence, for example, that our systems are so old-fashioned, so backward and so rotten, we did not move out of the uh, 1990s. Right, and I mean, that's just one example. You see, the problem that the police service have is that they, 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 they've, got this, they've got this historical legacy that is, has also always been sort of a shadow that's been hounding them since the 1990s. And the consequence of that was the calls to transform the police service. In other words, to transform it from the old SAP, which was a police force, to a police service, ah, mm. with the emphasis now on a police service that is more caring, that does not serve the interests of those in power, but that is, that is supposed to be focusing on serving the interests of the public, of the citizens. And that's pretty much been the underlying philosophy behind all of the legislation and all of the, the other efforts that have been made since the 1990s to transform the police service. Unfortunately, it looks like what's happened is that there's been a confusion of what we can call reformation on the one hand, which is a very superficial um, sort of changing uh, parts of the police service that, that don't really have a lot of impact, as opposed to transformation, which has to do with actually drilling down, right down to the depths of what makes police culture what it is, and, and then beginning the transformation process right from the bottom. And unfortunately, to be able to do that, in order to reach meaningful cultural change within the police service, which is transforming rather than simply reforming, that depends on having the right leadership in place. And as we now know, our leadership is in complete disarray. And it is not the type of leadership that I believe has the capacity or even the will for that matter to bring about this this meaningful transformation um, in the very core of police culture that is required in order to get the police moving in the right direction. Professor Theodore Petrus, Department of Anthropology, University of the Free State, uh, talking and addressing the issues of police corruption and criminality from an anthropological viewpoint. Uh, thanks for joining us. Thank you very much. It's been a pleasure. Drive time on 91.3. Always on the cutting edge.